listeners, good evening to you all. And thanks for tuning in to the What Do You Think program on Jisal FM. I am Okwe Sanyolu. Dear Lord, we thank you for the great privilege we have received to witness the last Thursday in the month of July. Please make your presence known tonight on this program and bless our hearts in return in Jesus' name. Amen. continue our study from the book of Judges as we consider some key verses in chapter 4. But before we go on, permit me to read the opinion of one of our listeners from the last episode. Mr. Akitunde Adeleke says, In my opinion, human beliefs on what is right or wrong varies from one society to another and does not affect God's purpose for one's life. That is why the Bible should be the standard of living for everyone because God is at the center of human existence. Hence, the need for the human race to strive to align with God instead of cultural, societal, and traditional norms. That was his opinion. Welcome back. Tonight we will be taking a discuss on Mrs. MRS, mother, minister, revolutionist, role model, spouse, singer, an acronym that best describes Deborah. died once again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord a glaring and vivid evil remember the Lord was with the church and so his death once again took with it the peace in Israel as usual the people cried for help and they got it their cry was not for repentance or a U-turn. Maybe if that was the motive of their cry, God would have had mercy and given them an auto-renewal plan of peace, not a one-off plan that they were subscribing for each time a judge died.
did you always cry for help? But once you receive the help, you log out and you don't click on the prayer button again until you need another dose of help. That aside, this time around, the Israelites over-provoked God, permit my vocab, such that it didn't just raise an oppressor, rather, God sold them outrightly. It was like good riddance to bad rubbish. For our Israelite comrades cried again for help, but for repentance and forgiveness, no way. Well, Hagar chose to be merciful again and he heard their plea. But before I delve into the answer, let's rewind to why the cried. As I read Judges chapter 4, verse 3. Remember, I'm reading from the NIV version. So, because he had 900 iron chariots and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. As in, these Israelites, they must be jesters. They cried because their oppressor had 900 chariots. If not, they would not have cried, right? They would have continued to suffer and smile. Well, they look just like the state of the nation at the moment, with tragic comedies all around. Their case was like that of a trending social media post about a guy they usually paid the tea fare for his in-laws to come and batter him whenever he had issues with his wife. And when he cried for help, it was because the payment of transportation was draining him, not because he wanted the relationship to improve. Will it reveal a word of cry for help or a dear need of change and repentance? Well, tonight God answered the plea for help from the Israelites by raising someone else to rescue them. And that is no other person than Mrs. Lapidus, a.k.a. Deborah Super. Name, Deborah Lapidus. Marital status, married. Ministry gift, prophecy. Nationality, Israelite. Occupation, judge. Location of law chamber, palm of Deborah. Obi, singing. So, Deborah was a prophetess. She had a relationship with God such that she received divine instructions for her people. Yet, she had a relationship with her husband and was not ashamed to be mentioned with him. 
that single phrase the wife of lapidus sounds short but very meaningful she was not a concubine neither was she cohabiting with lapidus she was a wife they were united as one she had someone who was ahead she fulfilled a wifely role and duty. That means after the court sessions, she returned home to Mr. Lapidus. After a hectic day of settling disputes, she had a husband to share a day with. In that simple mention of her husband, in between the lines, I could read his level of maturity. It was a real man who gave Deborah peace of mind and did not consider a giftedness a threat to his home. Rather, he gave her freedom. He allowed her to work and practice. He didn't feel insecure that even men could take disputes to her also and then insist. Any case you can't settle under my roof, that's the hand. You go nowhere. No! Lapidus was secure and allowed her to express God's abilities in her for the benefit of the nation. wife enough to allow her to go to war in company of 10,000 men. In fact, that would have raised issues. Must you go? Aren't you overstepping your bounds? It's unheard of in the history of our nation. Blah, 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 blah. But Mr. Lapidot didn't say anything of such. I see in Lapidot the husband of the Proverbs 31 woman, oh, because of how the wife is and does, praises her, and in turn, he is respected at the city gate. Such is the respect the Bible accords to Lapidus in that single verse, as the husband of Deborah, who in contemporary times would have been addressed as Prophetess, Attorney General, Mrs. Deborah. Well, I think that's enough on Deborah's marital life. She was able to hear from God despite a busy schedule. Now we move to our ministry life. Being successful in a chosen career should not hinder us from manifesting the spiritual gifts that God has put in us. We should be alert to the whispers of the Holy Spirit, even amidst the hustles and bustles of life. Deborah carried the presence of God and it earned her some respect. 
such that when she sent for Barak in order to deliver God's message to him, he did not hesitate. But when Barak got the message, he placed a covert saying in verse 8, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. I was thinking that Barak should be courageous and ready to spring for action because the prophetess said, God said. Well, that was not the case for him. So, was the Kebet an act of cowardice or what? question remember we noted on episode 3 in this series that's reasons that the people enjoyed peace and calm simply because God was with the judge and in this case the judge was Deborah Barak though a warrior recognized the impotence of God's presence on the battlefield so in a statement he implied that if Deborah, the carrier of God's presence, was not going with him, then he doubted the victory from his own end. You see, in this generation, we are quick to call ourselves what we are not. Barak knew God chose him for his fighting skills, but he was sincere enough with himself that he was not the one with the presence according to the divine roster at that moment. To me, the Kebrat was a mere acknowledgement of his spiritual stand at that time and his recognition of divine principles of operation. Although it's quite different in our time now, as believers through the Holy Spirit carry God's presence everywhere we go. Dear listener, if you check your spiritometer, permit me, and it indicates E for empty, do not go for that warfare. Or join them to sing bag bag bam or basatan leti that is slap 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 and slapping the Satan without any empowerment from on high or else you will face the consequences. So if you discover that your spiritometer is reading E for empty tonight, why not come to Jesus, the river of life? to fill your cup till you want no more. Now, we move on 
to the fulfillment of what Deborah said about the victory coming through a woman. Before now, he had always thought the woman in the prophecy was Deborah. But on careful examination, I discovered the woman to be Jehel. Let's read Judges chapter 4, verse 15. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword. And Sisera abandoned his chariots and fled on foot. And verse 17 says, Sisera, however, fled on foot to the tent of Jehel, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there were friendly relations between Jabin, king of Azov, and the clan of Eber the Kenite. You see, when God wants to deal with your enemy, he strips them of their power or source of influence over you. Do you remember initially that it was the 900 chariots of Sisera that terrified the Israelites and they cried out to God? Now, those same chariots were stuck and Brigadier General Sisera had to flee on foot for his dear life. neighbor because of his fleet of cars and other properties when real battle comes that thing you thought they couldn't live without will be abandoned or even sold just to stay alive all this facade of I can't do without my phone data is life I can't sleep without AC if you see original challenge, you will know that breathing in and out is the most important. So, for Cicera on that day, fleeing on foot was faster than chariots until he got to giant's tent. May we not flee from death to death in Jesus' name. Amen. to be the wife of his master's friend. So, Brigadier General Cicero literally felt at home and welcome. After so much running on foot, he was thirsty and he asked for water. Jehel, being hospitable, offered him milk instead. Fresh milk in the hot afternoon sun. How refreshing! Cicera turned a hiding place into a resting place. He mistook his death zone for a comfort zone. Instead of scooping water in his palms to drink while on the lookout for his enemies, he drank milk, a sedative while on duty.
jealousness. I am not saying you should be aware of hospitable people. Don't go around suspecting everyone that is nice to you. I am only saying you should be careful when what you are served is different from what you ordered, be it free or paid for, even if it is of higher quality. So, the exhausted Cicera drank milk, a natural sedative, and was covered up. What a perfect sleep recipe! And off he slept, asking a woman to be on the lookout for his enemies. What a pity! Well, Jahel seized the moment and took the risk of nailing a tent peg into his head handing him his death ticket. Jehel must have been a brave and handy woman. She must have observed or even joined her husband in building their tent such that she knew how to handle, hammer, and peg with such dexterity that a victim did not wake up before the deed was done. She did not wait for her husband to return. I am not saying that women should be forward. I am saying that we should be proactive when the need arises. For Jahel, she was armed with her hospitality skills, plus artisan know-how, and she got the last lap of the victory for the Israelites. There are two things to note from Jael's action. First, do not neglect anything or craft or hobby that you have opportunity to learn. It might be necessary for your victory, not just spiritually, even financially. It might even earn you a national recognition, just like Esther's divine strategy saved the whole nation. Also, nobody's part is too small. Deborah had the word, Barak recruited the army, Jahel played a part when Sisera fled to her tents. Together, the national victory was achieved. We must learn to be good team players. If you always want to get the credit and honor alone, I pray you don't die trying and end up getting no credit. Wow, it's been a long evening. In my opinion, in our own contemporary society, the motives of a woman at the forefront of leadership with less or little known about her husband may be misunderstood. What do you think?
We thank you for the lessons we have learned tonight. Help us to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to be proactive where we should. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear listeners, thanks for staying tuned and we apologize for any issue you might have encountered in listening to the broadcast. Thank you, dear Emmanuel, my husband and producer. God bless you all. Please don't forget to send your opinions and comments to the GSLFM Facebook page or to WhatsApp on plus two three four and zero three four nine zero one two nine two plus two three four eight zero three four nine zero one two nine two. Do have a wonderful night rest. I am Okwe Sanyolu saying stay blessed. <laughs>